Blog Talk Radio. I can hear you. Hi, this is Philip. Is this the Black Talk Radio Show? The Blog Talk Radio Show? Yeah. Yes, with NASCA. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was waiting for the introduction to the show. I don't know. I know there's a one behind. I'm Pastor Deborah. I'm the guest. Can... Oh, hi there. This is uh, Victoria Kelly. Um, oh, hello, Victoria. Get... Hi, hon. I can't get on my computer, and I was waiting for Andy to come on. Um, okay. she, said she, was, she was calling in the main uh, line. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome, welcome, everybody, to... Now, ask a Black Duck Radio Show. Um, we're uh, here tonight with uh, Pastor Deborah, and uh, I am trying to find the papers to start the show because I thought Annie was going to do it. My uh, computer is on the blink. Um, let's see. I didn't expect to do this. So I don't know the scan number, but um, um, well, welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Scan Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Victoria Kelly. I'm your host for this evening. Um, I'm uh, excited to introduce you to our guest, but... First, I'd like to say uh, we have a single purpose at NASCA to address issues related to the childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent and physical abuse, emotional trauma and neglect. We do so with only 
Excuse me, I just went up the stairs. I'm having trouble breathing. Uh, we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse and presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Um, if anyone would like to call in and be on the panel this evening, please call 646-595-2118. My co-host will meet you on the uh, back line. I'm not sure if we got anybody in the computer. And uh, if you have any questions um, and have anything to say, um, we uh, hope that if you can't make it on tonight, you'll stay on and listen. And uh, we have uh, Dr. Dr. Deborah, would you like to introduce yourself? And I don't have the screen to introduce you. So I'm sure you're good at this because you're here a lot, right? Um, Yes, I have been a a former licensed mental health counselor and now a pastor and spiritual teacher. Been with NASCA, oh gosh, I don't know, five years or more. And I do the monthly thing. guest hosting and talking about healing. And uh, I come from a military family that's had a lot of issues and traveled the world. And I live in Pensacola, Florida, and um, do a lot of videos, YouTube, and and do a lot of teaching and uh, try to help you guys out as much as I can. And that's about all. Okay, well... Um, since I don't know if we have any callers because I can't get on my computer, um, would you like to give us a little presentation? Okay, no problem. I you know, I, I, was gonna, I was going to have a um, guest on that um, that deals with um, that ACEs um, testing. I was wondering if uh-huh. you might be able to tell us a little bit about that. I'm sure you have some knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the ACEs is the acute childhood experience or something. What they discovered is when we have childhood experiences, many of them are very positive and a lot of them are very traumatic. Say like your parents divorcing or a parent or a sibling dying or a sickness and then, of course, sexual abuse, trauma. And they realized that, you know, the test is, I think you answer 10 questions, and if you answer like yes to four of them, you've had acute childhood trauma that has probably not been resolved and caused you to have issues uh, of all kinds. And if you're an adult, you may not have them resolved. And so they discovered that how childhood and our experiences can um, affect us even into adulthood. And a lot of, and it floats around in the mental health community. Uh, It was a way of reaching back into child development, parenting, and bringing, you know, like we see a lot of issues that are going on in the world today. And they go, how could they be like that? What's going on? 
And people don't realize the first teachers, the foundational and the pillars of emotional development is in the child's family, culture, community, if there's religion, uh, siblings, and what goes on there between the ages of zero and possibly even in the womb. Up to five years old when somebody starts kindergarten, a lot of stuff is already implanted, developed, just waiting to, like the seeds of, we'll say, rejection are there, uh, the seeds of many different, we'll say, positive or negative emotions and how they then grow and are encouraged, we'll say, watered to grow up into adulthood where they can be. So that's what it's about. And it's just really discovering that you had good things happen to you in your childhood and you had bad things happening. And the bad things that happened maybe did not provide proper foundations for you to build on your personality, your emotional uh, things and so you come out with we'll call it damaged fruit bitterness anger jealousy whatever and you try to fix it in adulthood with many different ways and you don't even know what you're doing usually and you don't know how powerful the childhood experiences were, and, you, and most of us don't have memories of it when we were six months old, you know, a year, two years. Some of us can get back maybe to two years old, but we don't know from their back. We don't know if we had any trauma to us in the womb. We don't know. We don't remember our birth. We don't remember, you know, the first year of our life, but a lot happens to us in our brain development and the brain is the biological chemical place where hormones memories are stored uh, the, all of our uh, cortisol and stuff are released into our brain we're building the brain's pathways and the neurons and the blood vessels in childhood and it can all get sort of distorted perverted in our early childhood. That's what the, the ACEs test has shown many, many therapists and other people that are working with adults that the reason you think the way you do, you act the way you do, the attitudes you have, your likes, your dislikes, how you interact with people can be found in its beginning in the ACEs test. And how powerful those experiences were in your life that you may not have really recognized, maybe the death of a parent uh, or something like that, and how it traumatized you, throw in the sexual abuse or just bullying or something. And now you're an adult and you got some bad issues and stuff. And so... That's what yeah, I think one of the questions on it too is like if you witness a shooting or something. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, like when you're a kid, these things affect you, and it's not like you could just 
snap, get over it. You know, like some people just, well, you know, oh, you've been talking about this so long or you've been, you know, you're still in therapy. Well, also, or, you know, all right. Well, it also deals with your eating habits, okay? Uh-huh. And for instance, oh, yeah. a, child, a child wants attention, wants to be held and nurtured. And when a parent, adult, a grandmother, auntie, whoever, doesn't give that to them, they'll cry. And what does that the caregiver give? Gives it sugar, cookie, drinks. So they learn when they get up and they want, we'll say, affection, a love, attention. They eat. Mm-hmm. And that's a habit. And it's also early on in our childhood. We are developing chemistry. We are becoming addicts to sugar, salt. Um, you know, we're creatures that are very needy for love, affection. Well, I, I have a question from my own childhood for you. Then it, we're talking about early okay. early development. So my mom told me that when we were little, whenever we'd cry, okay, so that's what when you're tired, uh, when you're hungry, when you're lonely. When, I don't know all the reasons mm-hmm. kids cry, but you know, when we're baby, your ba- mm-hmm. first baby, she said. I couldn't handle your crying, so mm-hmm. I put liquor in your bottle. And I mean, this was for yes. everything. Yes. Every time we cried. Yes. So. Yes. I mean that. That's got not just okay. the fact that the alcohol I'm sure messed with my brain, but um, but I'm okay. wondering Alpha. that. You know, yes. What your okay. What? Yes. Would be. Yes. But she'd just laugh. I that's the other thing. She'd laugh about it, and it just it just kind of well, made me cringe when she'd laugh about it. Yeah. Well, what happens is our parents, they didn't get a lot of probably good parenting themselves. They didn't know how to handle. They weren't prepared for child and raising a child and the stresses. They didn't have the personality. Well, she had all her kids by the time she was 20, and she was beat severely by my biological father and and just tortured everybody else. You know, I'm sure she didn't have... Freaking much energy, right? <laughs> Either, yeah. So or a lot of times, parents years and years ago would even give the alcohol in the bottle at nighttime, so the baby would sleep all night long instead of you know waking up. So what right. happens to the child is alcohol has sugar in it, and alcohol. So as a baby is, this is where in the mental health world. A lot of therapists don't study early childhood development and biological. So the body starts getting used to sugar that's in the alcohol and the alcohol itself, which is a depressant. And it actually depresses, um, you know, the sleep, the nerves and stuff that the baby sleeps. But it also then, uh, when that wears off, okay, and through habitual doing that, the baby becomes an addict of sugar, alcohol, to sleep, to rest, to uh, calm itself down. It learns mm-hmm. if you're upset, and the baby or child doesn't know, they're just upset. So when they can't handle it, then they want to, or they're angry. As a teenager, they reach for alcohol, drugs. Sex, mm-hmm. anything to bring that peace. Because now yeah, they're an addict. Doesn't it they're all, an don't addict. You know, 
it has to do too with uh, not not knowing how to calm yourself because you never had anybody there to like calm you. That's correct. I mean, just, you're using you know, you're using and also out. I have a hard time going to sleep. I think that's part of it too, is because I naturally don't I don't get hungry at all. I don't get. I have to force myself to eat. And this has been a really big issue that I'm trying to address right now in my life. Um, I'm, I just started talking to it with my therapist and stuff and trying to discover my grandmother adopted me or took me in when I was a year old. And her thing was she cooked and cleaned and all her self-esteem was wrapped up in cooking. So, like, if you didn't need her food, my, she did it yes, so that's the most. Okay. Just a minute. Uh-huh. Stop. Okay. Sure. Just I'll, listen. I'll stop. Okay. That is normal for women because they can't express our parents from the older generation. That was the only way they could express. My mother was like that. They would make homemade everything, pour their life, their love into the food. And when we sat down at the table, if we didn't eat it, she felt rejected. Okay. Yeah. And that was their only way of sort of expressing. Mm-hmm. Was that due to culture? Could be. Her training? Could be. Uh, the role of the female in the home? Could be. But as you learn, okay, we now know food, it, it's a, just a drug. Your body mm-hmm. needs it in certain amounts and balance, but it can be used to. Uh, Please other people, can be used to belittle you. I spent all this time cooking and you won't even eat it. What's wrong? And so food is something we all need and it becomes a weapon. It becomes a a tool that can be used to manipulate people. And some cultures, okay, they have they have beliefs the men do about the whether the women should be overweight or skinny based on culture yeah. some uh it's you know this is just what we do okay and what i've learned that from going to the gym most females have no knowledge education about food what it's composed of, proteins, carbs, sugar. They don't know. Men building, bodybuilders do. Women are just, they just cook whatever their granny cooked, whatever sort of the culture was to go along with the group. They didn't care about calories or fat or whatever. It didn't matter. Is this the culture? Was this what your auntie or grandmother cooked? And that's what they learned. But there was they didn't learn nutritional things for the body. So what happens is, and you don't realize it, there's a lot of nerves in your stomach connected to your brain. Uh, when you get distressed, there's a nerve called the vargas nerve going off, and you won't feel like eating. It shuts down because... You're under sort of a, a stress reaction. Hormones uh, are going off in the body, and it shuts the uh, stomach, the digestive system, down. 
because it doesn't, the body knows it's not the time to eat. Other Mm. hormones and chemicals are going off in the body, and so it's not the time to eat. Well, I know a lot of people will tell me that when they're upset or something, they eat. And me, when I'm upset, I don't eat. (laughs) My, My parents were just like that. My mother would not eat. She would smoke, chain smoke. Yeah. My father nibbled candy, or he said mm. jelly beans. So I saw it from both sides. Yeah. One ate, one didn't. So mm. what you learn is, where did they learn that? Mm-hmm. Why did one of them, because they learned that in childhood. That was their training. Well, I know my, my grandma went through the Great Depression, and so did my grandfather, too. And she didn't have, all they had to eat was potatoes. And that was mm-hmm. it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think when she got, you know, married to my grandfather and stuff, you know, he had he had a pretty good job. And so, you know, it was it was uh, potatoes and meat and vegetables and salad mm-hmm. and bread and a dessert. And it was always mm-hmm. too yep. much, you know. And if I didn't put enough on my plate, it would get shoveled on. Yeah. And, and the thing I is, would go parents, to a, yeah, because yes, oh, yeah. they're they're. So as I say, you have to, when you're trying to help people, okay, you have to be able to look back into, I had to do, you have to do a study of your parents, your grandparents, your culture, um, the rewards and punishments. Uh, You're going to sit at this table and eat those vegetables. Mm -hmm. And the punishment, you're going to bed without your dinner. Food is a powerful, powerful weapon, okay? Mm-hmm. And our we body has to have it. But what happens is when you start helping people, they have to have a balance of all the things the body needs. Water, all the vitamins, okay? Mm-hmm. It has to have exercise. And they have, you have to learn about your body. Some people, when they get stressed out, they'll drink. They mm-hmm. want peace. Tommy gets full. They have peace. Other people will smoke cigarettes, do drugs. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to find this peaceful, like we should have a bottle in our mm-hmm. mother's arms and just fall asleep and be content. But we can't find that. We didn't get that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people gave a person a bottle, put them to bed, and never held them. So yeah. they got attached to the mouth. The mouth is a very important part in the hands in mm-hmm. comforting us. Kids suck their thumb because it replaces the nipple of the breast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have little blankies and stuff. They're trying to do self-comforting. Mm-hmm. Because the parents are not there. But our parents did not get any education from their parents or their generation. So then what happens is, you know, hardly they hardly talked about sex or sex act or anything. There's no, you know, parents give you the birds and the bees. So what happens is things happen in life. And a child, the ACEs test shows us there's some biggies, a parent dying. A, mm-hmm. You know, an auntie, somebody, a, a tornado comes or a death in the family or a divorce or something. These are very traumatic experiences.
experiences for a young child. They may not understand them. They may suppress them. But what they end up doing is we see them in adulthood. And it's how people deal with problems, comforting themselves, stress, agitation, hate, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you throw in, if you had sexual abuse, typically what happens to the child is the memory gets blocked in childhood. It's blocked off. They disassociate and they don't know that this happened. And Mm -hmm. later on in life, that blockage gets maybe weakened and um, the door starts coming open and then all of the stuff starts coming up. And they have no skills nor knowledge how to deal with it. And what they're dealing with is powerful parental rejection, abandonment, neglect. You're supposed to love me. You didn't. This I know it's not love. Why did you do? And we're down at the basic mother-father-child level. So yeah. when a child, okay, has lost that anchor of love, protection from Mama, did, something happened to me. Mama didn't protect me. Daddy mm-hmm. didn't, you know, whatever. You have major problems deep in the foundational development of a child. Mm-hmm. And it's like building a tall skyscraper. The hole's not right. The foundation's not right. It's mm-hmm. got cracks. And you can build on top of it, but then. Storms come, emotional problems, you know, just life happens. And it just keeps like a hurricane battering away at the foundation. Just keeps cracking it, starts leaning. And the ACEs test, basically, when they realize that trauma happens in childhood, affects us deeply. But we may not know about it. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't stop and ask about those who... Do the, the men who do domestic violence? Okay. Yeah. Or oh, we see these mass shootings, and mm-hmm. we see well, there's one now where a six-year-old took a gun to school or something. Where did he learn to use okay. the gun? Yeah. At home. Television. Yep. Okay. Yep. But most six-year-olds, they're just sitting around. Watching their brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, family members, community. And this is how you resolve issues. And this is what you use. Yeah. And then they, okay, so people who've had childhood sexual abuse, okay, their parents or cousins or uncles, something happened to them. passes down through the generations. Mm-hmm. And what happened is some kids go, well, how come I got it, but my brothers and sisters didn't? Yeah, and there's that's some like spiritual, of- well, there's mm-hmm. spiritual things about that and um, that I had to learn about. But typically what happens is the sex act itself and we'll say child pornography and all of the abuse 
is has been a taboo subject. It's, mm-hmm. We don't talk about it. Uh, now, so what happens is our parents probably got abused themselves, beaten, yelled at, whatever, sexually abused. Mm-hmm. They probably got parts, and we well, got, and you will I got told that too about my biological father was sexually abused by his babysitter. But when people yeah. will say it to me, I feel like they're making an excuse for what he did to me. And I said, you know well, what? You have I to understand. Too, but I didn't do it to my children. Everybody, okay. And here's what you have to learn is, um, it there's a. You have to learn. I mean, there was issues with my mother that she brought into the marriage. I don't know. But upon her death, I said, she set my feet on the path to God. And that's what I'll remember, nothing else. And you have to get to the point, okay, so he did, you didn't, okay. Everybody's different. But everybody's pretty much broken, got issues. And Mm -hmm. they got issues in their childhood. And they got Mm -hmm. issues, and it just, okay. And and what you have to learn is most people, you know, once you start studying sex, it is a mixture of power, control, a way to belittle. It is a way to find peace. Okay? And when you turn all the hormones on for a young child, very early and the nerves get stimulated before they're supposed to, outside of, we'll say, marriage, the body starts seeking. It's a pleasurable thing. Uh, a lot of kids, you know, it's frightening and um, it was never pleasurable for me. <laughs> huh? Do what? It was never pleasurable for me. In your thought, Ever. it wasn't. Listen, no, in your it thought, wasn't even, it, it was never not. Was pleasurable. Sex was never pleasurable for me. Okay, listen to me it. now. No, it the biological body, your physical body, it's a, a nerve thing. It's either pain or pleasure. That's it. Now, how the, that is, and it's all through nerves, okay? It's all through nerves. Like, I, you could touch your hand, okay? And what happens is it automatically, because there's nerves, sends up to the brain. So the brain does the thinking whether this is good or bad. But when you get into the sexual mode, typically the perpetrator is seeking peace, seeking pleasure, kind of, you know, it's like doing drugs. I'm trying to get somewhere in my body and mind. I'm trying to be have authority, dominion over somebody because I haven't had any. And uh, I had seen sexual stuff since a child it did to me. So what you have to learn, you can't hold the anger against them. A lot of them, hey, they had no choice. They, it was. Well, I had no. Anger. I never had any anger against them. I just wanted to stop hurting me. You know, he was yeah. into S and M and tortured me all the time, and mm-hmm. he had to continue but to, they can't. to they, torture they can't. me more and more. Or Let's he say you're wanting. Big, listen, you're wanting him to be rational, to be normal. 
Well, and he ain't there. He had he had acute childhood experiences himself. Yeah. His yeah. brain, his memory, his thoughts, his foundation yeah. is not normal. No, oh, I know that. I know that for sure. I mean, he, okay. he and so who do you blame? You don't blame him. You he don't blame me. him. I don't blame him. I raped, he raped me before I was a year old. I went to live with my grandparents, and mm-hmm. I didn't know. He didn't come back till I was 15. Okay. And every time I stayed that, from him, right, he listen. kept coming back. And that's all I, a relationship. I understand. Okay. I'm trying to get you to think, why would he do that? Where did he learn that? Oh, I know where what he learned What was driving him? He was sexually abused. What was driving him? Okay. So your heart should be breaking for that person. You should be, oh, my God, his life was horrible. He's like, okay, I, I, it's, it travels, okay? It's I'm like, just glad he's how, dead because he's not hurting more people. He's hurt people all his life, men, women, and he children. He can't help it. All he cannot life. help it. He can't help it. Well, he, he, he was hurt. He's, yeah, no, he's dead can't now, do it. so it's over. <laughs> well, here's the thing is you have to be able to look at other people. And see, especially for men, when they have issues, we'll call it acute childhood issues, it's much harder for them because they are they are created to protect and provide, and they didn't get it. They are so damaged. And so what you ask them, you know, what I don't like to have people just... It's okay. My topic was, what would prevent, what prevented him from getting healing? What prevented a lot of NASCA people? It happened in childhood. You shouldn't be taught. Okay, it's over with. You should mm-hmm. be able to say this happened to me because a man had his own issues. There shouldn't be a lot of anger. Men there should and be women. able not and you should man. be able to you should not laugh about it. It's not funny. It's you should be able to explain to young people when people, parents hurt their children or they neglect them or something happens in childhood, it will uh-huh. affect them. NASCA yeah. is is here to be an advocate for those that are getting abused now. Yeah. And to That's help right. them understand what what would cause a man to do that to a one-year-old. What was mm-hmm. driving him? Mm-hmm. What happened in his life? Well, I'd like to give my mom to... some credit here because I asked her why she – gave us away. She actually sent us from Louisiana and Minnesota on my first birthday. And uh, she always said she was a bad mom. She was a bad mom. And then finally one day I just asked her, why did you give us up, you know? And there were three of us. And she said, I just felt that you guys were in danger. She didn't like how, you know what I mean? That's all she she could do. So before she died, I would say, yep, before she died, I said, I just want to thank you by going going with your motherly instinct to children. You were not a bad That's mother. all she could do. You did the best you thing study, you could you study in the yeah. If you study in the world, children are taken away. They're orphans, sort of. 
a mother's job is a protect. If I have to give you up, that's my a mother's job. Okay, yeah. she had issues herself. So now, right. as an adult, okay, you've got to be able to help other people. Yeah, not keep telling all about your story and all about because that doesn't affect another person. You have to be able yeah. to talk in a way that says that some that isn't laughing. It is loving. It is uh, educated, like mm-hmm. by studying the ACEs. You study how trauma affects people. All of our parents had trauma as children. They didn't have a great life, okay? No. It affected them. And they carried that into their marriage, their sexual life. They married people who were hurt and broken with mm-hmm. issues. And then we get born into the family. And yeah. we are receiving their hurt, their brokenness, mm-hmm. their trauma from their life. Are they? Do yeah. they know what they're doing? Most of the time they don't. They are just, it, mm-hmm. some of this is generational. Some of yeah. it is, and there's nothing you can do but um, try to understand what would cause the parents to get into a relationship like this and be well, with a person like yeah. And you have to be, okay, you have to be able to uh, talk from a mental health side about biology, chemicals, the brain, mm-hmm. nerves, our hormones, okay? you got to mm-hmm. understand the, the, what the sexual act is and from a good point yeah. from a dominating point from an authoritative point the difference between a boy being sexually abused versus mm-hmm. a girl and mm-hmm. it's also how the relationships with fathers and mothers and that's what I had to learn to help people mm-hmm because yeah. I don't tolerate people keep telling me their stories. I've heard mm-hmm. them. I've dealt with them. I want to know what are you doing mm-hmm. to be healed from this. Yeah. What's your well, you know, when I got into therapy and started working on myself, then I realized that I wasn't the kind of mom that I wanted to be or the kind of mother my kids you deserved. Had, okay. The and reason I, you weren't, listen, you had no, no I know I wasn't, proper. Cause, yeah. Go ahead, you had not, your experiences did not provide you with the development. Right. You didn't probably read books on being a good mother and parent. Well, no, I went to parenting classes, and that's where I realized I wasn't being the kind of parent. So uh, I, I used I, to I, teach them. I used to teach okay. them to court-ordered right. parents who were abusing okay, their kids. Well, I they the don't order. know. I called child protection is, and voluntarily placed my children in foster care. Because okay. I needed to work so on me. Listen. Kids weren't being right. taken care of. They didn't have that when our parents were around. There was no parenting classes. There was no better women parents. shelters either. My mom said I would have that, went to a better woman shelter. There, were there was none for them. They were dealing in ignorance, yeah. culture, religion, uh, family. This is how we do it in our family. And that's what they, and they, they, what you learn is you survived. You're still here. 
You're doing good things now. You can talk about to help the young people understand my parents were screwed up. Yeah. And I got born into with people who had issues mm-hmm. themselves. They, yeah. The, and, and the only thing you can say is you got a sperm from a man and you got yeah. an egg from a female. And yeah. you got a biological body by these two things. Yeah. Now, they didn't know how to do anything else probably correctly except give you a bottle of alcohol in it so you wouldn't cry. They probably fed yeah, you whatever you know what? they I had. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for that sperm and egg. That is That's what I right. am. You know, I am grateful So you have to find mm-hmm. something. And we have to realize mm-hmm. <laughs> our parents mm-hmm. and our grandparents and our culture in some religions, this is what you do. Yeah. It is okay to beat the wife up. It's okay yeah. to have sex with a 10-year-old. It's mm-hmm. okay to marry a 10-year-old and, and yeah. come in from the backside till they have puberty. Religion mm-hmm. does that, okay? Yeah. And a lot of cultures, hey, in the out in the uh, FDLS, Mormons, they get married at 10, 11 years old to a girl. Religion. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, I know. All right, so you have to put all that in there and see that the adults in our lives had issues, mm-hmm. <laughs> uneducated. Sex is a powerful drug. Yeah. Powerful. Okay, powerful in all sorts of ways. So you have to understand. So now we have to say, okay, something bad happened to you in childhood. Now, what's the plan for healing? People don't realize they need healing. So a lot mm-hmm. of them go into relationships early on, maybe to get away from that. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, they got kids and they're messed up. Right. And they end up damaging their own kids. Mm-hmm. And they choose the wrong mate. Yeah. And the next thing, we're just repeating the cycle. Yeah. Okay. And well, it, I got something great to tell you. <clears throat> I'm going to be 61 at, on the uh, next Monday. Okay. Um, You're yeah, a baby. It's pretty amazing I'm because uh, 2000, I was diagnosed with untreatable, inoperable breast cancer. And I wasn't going to fight it. You know, I told my husband, I said, you know what? I've been fighting all my life. I've been dying, wanting to die as far back as I can remember. At least now I won't mm-hmm. die of alcoholism, drug addiction, or mental illness. I'll die of the acceptable mm-hmm. disease people are willing to understand cancer. And I wasn't going to do anything. My kids came home to visit me. Um, and, uh, I told them <clears throat> and just the horror in their eyes made me think, I can't just give up. I don't want my kids to say, my mom just gave up, you know, I would say my mom went down trying tumors were attached to my chest wall. And, uh, so I went to chemotherapy and radiation. And after that, the doctor did another mammogram and said, it's a miracle. And in my eyes, just the doctor saying it's a miracle is a miracle in itself, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but he says, uh, it's a miracle. The tumor's reduced to half the size we can do, we can do, uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was in, uh, um, 2000. So, uh, December 2000. Most, so okay. I'm a 22 Here's... year breast cancer survivor of what was told okay, was inoperable. Okay. Child abuse, sexual child abuse victims. Mm. Okay. They typically don't want to die. They don't know how to live. 
right. and they're depressed and they got I'm all this. The pain but here's the thing is, if it, if it, no. the act didn't kill you, there's a purpose for your life. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't know how to get on with living. They don't right. know how they should live. What is normal? They don't know. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, uh, I, I do ministry with them, and um, they don't want to get into therapy because, you know, questions are going to be asked. You're going to discover right. things, and you're going to explore yourself. People don't want to go there. They want to keep that door mm-hmm. closed, right. and they don't want to talk about yeah, things. And it's so scary. what happens is therapy, I was scared to death. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the thing is most of the time what the person is scared of mm-hmm. is finding out not so much what happened to them mm-hmm. but finding out that their parents didn't really love them. Yeah, that's See the Bible good. I'm a I'm a uh, Christian pastor teacher. The Bible says that love is the anchor of the soul. Mm-hmm. If the soul, that's in your that's your biological brain and body and your emotions, Freud yeah. calls it your subconscious. If it's anchored in mm-hmm. unconditional love, now you could get that from a dog when you're a child, a mm-hmm. brother, sister, cousin, somebody, mm-hmm. an auntie, you can weather any storm. You'll blow in the breeze. Oh, you'll flap. But your heart is anchored. Right. So when a child doesn't get that anchor of love, gets alcohol in their bottle, doesn't get picked up, parents don't know child development. They got their own issues. They're rough. They're, they are They are just, they're dealing with their own stuff. They are producing a child like themselves mm-hmm. they don't know it so what happens is now you get into therapy which most people should and you start exploring it's, it's finding out all the things that happened that's not what hurts us mm-hmm. what hurts us is we were not loved yeah well, you know, when, I first, when I first got into AAA, I got a sponsor. I was 24 years old. I got a sponsor, and I tell everybody, she loved me before I could love myself. And she that's was awesome. just a loving, that's accepting, yes, unconditional loving person yes. that I had never that's even ever experienced that in my no, whole man, life. Had most, no, no, you hadn't. And it kept comes, me sober. Yeah, what love is can be used as a weapon. It can be used as torture. If yeah. you love me, you'll do this. Right. Love is so powerful, okay? Mm-hmm. It has to be given as a gift and unconditional and weather a lot of storms. And yeah. when children cry, their diapers wet, and somebody picks them up and cuddles them, they experience love, mm-hmm. compassion, and peace. Right. So what happened when we have parents that don't know this, it's not taught, Therapist, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care what you say about your therapist. Mm-hmm. They don't love you as a mama. No. They don't, no. okay? You're there 50 minutes and you pay for what you get. The difference in a pastor is we are spiritual mamas. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what we do. 
Mm-hmm. So mental health can help in a lot of ways. And you'll see it how when you when people are say, wrap your arms around yourself and hug you. Yeah. And love you. Because yeah. they know you have to have love. Yeah. The I therapist won't do. Okay. Yeah. But see that's but you can't love yourself the way you're supposed to. Well, I tell it's you what, only when Having that sponsor no, was that thing because she that's, was, see, that's different. I believe, that's different. the gift from my higher power that that's my right. higher power showed its love through her. That's right. Therapists don't do that. If you understand what happened, and they help mm-hmm. you explore your feelings, mm-hmm. and they help you to try to understand, you know, all of the mm-hmm. areas that have been broken, okay, yep. and all the pieces that are spread out everywhere. But they can't put them back together. But you saw the difference. So in healing people from childhood sexual abuse, even in the NASCA, I think it's the peer support group, Yeah. the host does not love, provide that unconditional love. Just taking phone calls from people like a help crisis line. That's not what your uh, sponsor in AA did. And so you, so what happened is love unconditionally mm-hmm. is coming in. And yeah. healing, the brokenness, repairing that, setting an anchor there. You were hanging on. You might have been hanging over the cliff. But yeah. love had your hand and wasn't going to let go. That's right. And wasn't going to let you, okay? That's the difference. Yeah. Therapist says, if you really got a bad time, go to the hospital. It's different. Mm-hmm. It is important part, mm-hmm. okay, um, yeah. you know, of getting... Well, you know what else is interesting, too, like with uh, different services or therapists or doctors, whatever, you know, if if you don't have your, you know, you're having a crisis when it's not mm-hmm. nine to five, <laughs> you know, you're pretty much screwed. <laughs> you well, know. the reason is they have put... They have separated out, we'll call it parenting, loving unconditionally through Mm -hmm. a higher power. They have separated that out from your medical, biological, Mm -hmm. mental. The the system that's out there is psychiatry. They Uh deal with the biological brain, the hormones, the chemicals, the tumors and stuff. Yeah. They control the system. Mm-hmm. They know when your chemistry in your brain is off. Right. You can, okay, bad things happen. So they have to give you some drugs to calm you down because mm-hmm. hormones are going off. The mm-hmm. adre- adrenaline is flowing. Cortisol is going. Okay. And and you see that when police go to arrest somebody. Boy, they yeah. act crazy. Oh, yeah. Because okay? it's nothing but fear and hormones. Right. So the mental health community is sort of into the biological and into the physical and in your thoughts. What are you thinking about? How do you mm-hmm. feel what you think about? Okay. But they don't know therapists, because that was one, gets taught about love, unconditional mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And they aren't. Because remember, they have professional ethics they must follow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And they can't they hug you in the office. Yeah. Okay. They can sit there while you cry in the chair, but they can't hug you know, go and do the stuff. Yeah. But my therapist is very comforting and, and um but I, they have to be careful I, I because would not, I would not putting negatives into that. Also, um I have never felt better physically, spiritually, emotionally in my whole entire life. Um, in the last year, as in the last okay. year, because my son helped me get a house. And I told him that, and he goes, really, Mom? You know, when I told him how I felt, and he said, really, Mom? I go, yeah. I go, I have stability. I've never had stability my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. But I got kicked mm-hmm. out of the last place. I want to kick me out over my service animal. It would have been my mm-hmm. 20th time homeless. Okay, and, so just listen. You know, so just listen now. To some yeah. people... Okay, having a home brings stability. Okay, and what happens in stability, you can think clearly to deal with your stuff. You're not always in crisis mode. Right. You're not always in the fight or flight syndrome with cortisol and adrenaline going in the hormone. There's no peace. So guess what yeah. most people do? Drugs and alcohol. And if that don't do it, let's have an orgasm, and that will do it. Okay, a lot of people so that, couldn't believe that I was out on the street and I wasn't drinking or losing or, you know, having yeah. sex and all this other stuff. I said, you know, I said, uh, and matter of fact, even today people say how rough they got. I said, you know what? When I was out there on the street shoes in Texas in 2010, I can remember one time, and the wind was blowing so bad and I was so cold and I had nowhere to go in. And I stood behind the building, and for five minutes, I got out of that wind, and I was so grateful that okay. that five so minutes was that, there. Right. You know, okay. and then, not, okay. but then I had to get out of there. You know why? I was afraid I'd get arrested for vagrancy because I didn't even have a dollar in my pocket. But I tell you okay. what, I can now listen to me. Five minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just listen. All right. That didn't help anybody get healed. Because you didn't focus on the thing, which was you were grateful for yeah, getting I was. out of the way. Okay, that right there. Stop right there. Uh-huh. Can be a step towards healing. Yes. Okay? And what yeah, happens absolutely. is a lot of, okay, listen, my job is to help people get healed. Mm. Okay? So I have to stop people from telling their long stories because that doesn't do any good to anybody. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they got their own stories. But that mm-hmm. one little statement, which you don't realize, by being thankful and grateful. I just told a group of young men today at Walmart, you better, they lost something. And this lady was helping. I said, mm-hmm. you better thank that young lady. She laid mm-hmm. down her life. She pushed you out of her stomach. Now you protect her. Mm-hmm. People weren't used to being grateful for the little right. things. Okay. Oh, I know. And a lot, lot of the sexual abuse people aren't even grateful for being alive. That they still Well, that's why I was alive. saying I'm grateful that I'm turning 61 because, okay, like I said, the thing I, is, you should say it this way. You mm-hmm. should say, I am thankful that God has allowed me to stay alive so yeah. that I can be a mentor. Mm-hmm. I can be a source of knowledge and education. Mm-hmm. I have a purpose to help those that are getting abused. And yeah. God, okay, the difference is 
to help people. That's what NASCA is supposed to do. Yep. You have to know the purpose for your life, why you are still alive, Mm -hmm. okay, why you didn't die. Yeah. You still have breath in your life, okay? Mm -hmm. But what, so in healing, you have to be able to help people get on the journey, get on Mm -hmm. the road, walk it with them, not tell them all about your story. But mm-hmm. tell them about the little things that when you were grateful, you were seeking yeah. peace. You you found somebody who loved you unconditionally. You didn't have to love yourself. Yeah. What baby wants to love themselves? They are. Mm-hmm. They want somebody to cuddle. They yeah. want somebody, okay, to say, all right. So people in a lot of people with sexual abuse don't realize. The power of love and the that love okay, that's genuine and can hold, as you found out in AA, mm-hmm. it doesn't come from a human being. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from a dog. It doesn't mm-hmm. come from. It comes from God through right. a human extended yeah. to you. It's mm-hmm. God doing the loving. Yeah, and a lot of times that's not caught and people then they don't they're seeking love in all the wrong places and all the wrong people for all the wrong reasons yeah and i have worked with some of the most hardest abuse you didn't live through nothing sweetie your abuse compared to most of multi-generational satanists is nothing Nothing. okay that didn't feel good but okay whatever Okay, I mean, it was bad. A one-year-old baby needs their heart and drink their blood. You didn't have to kill somebody to stay No, but that alive. didn't mean I didn't have, that didn't mean that I didn't have to do no. a lot of things. You don't know that I wouldn't tell you. I understand that. What I'm trying to say is I had to love them. We're full of demonic spirits. Wanted to kill me and assassinate me. I had to love them with his love to get them to love because love was taken from them. And that's what happens to babies. Babies are, you know, as you know, they just receive milk, right? And they receive our touch. They're receivers. But when they receive, like you said, um, alcohol in it, they ain't getting, that's some bad stuff. Okay? That starts their body. Huh? I don't think there was any milk in it. What happens is, you know, that starts their body chemistry changing to be an addict for sugar and alcohol. There's a lot of babies that, you know, they get marijuana. Okay, they're in the homes. They get cocaine. They get born as cocaine babies. Yeah. So their systems are already biologically messed up. So our job as NASCO advocates mm-hmm. is to be able to say yeah bad things happened to me mm-hmm. i had some issues god set me down in my home for two years i said you're not going anywhere you're not working you're going to read the bible and you're going to get mm-hmm. some healing i said from what he said How about 30 40 years of stuff mm-hmm. you know, 
Okay. Two years. Some of us, mm-hmm. that's how we do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just you sit down and you read it. Or God said, spend quiet time with me. Take mm-hmm. a walk. But a lot of people, yeah. you know, they're trying to get their needs met emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically. They're trying to find love, you know, in relationships. They're mm-hmm. trying to have that normal life, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't go so well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have multiple personalities. They, mm-hmm. they are disassociated. They leave their bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, they don't know how to deal with stress and all of that, and, you know, they don't talk. Mm-hmm. And the one that goes into the therapist might be one part, and one that's at home with the kids is another part, and the one's with so. What happens is the main goal is like what you found in AA, somebody who loved you. Well, not also, sexual. I did want to say, too, you know, you mentioned having a house is unstable, but that's not what I was talking mm-hmm. about, what I was going to what I was going to say is that I built a meditation uh, corner in my yard. And every day I will go down mm-hmm. there an hour or two hours in the morning. And what mm-hmm. I do is, you know, I pray and I meditate. Mm-hmm. Praying is just yeah. asking your higher power to help you, not to do, mm-hmm. say, you know, I need this and I need that. Just help me, you know, yep. and, and, and meditation. And see, you learned that. You learned that in AA. Most yep. sexual abuse people, yeah. they don't go to AA, and and it's been so changed. They mm-hmm. go off into other things if they even yeah. go, mm-hmm. and they don't get that. Yeah. They, you know, a lot of people don't realize. Oh, I do yoga, honey. Yoga is worshiping another god. It's mm-hmm. not the god of the Bible because it was created as There's a lot of ways positions. to heal. There's not just one way. I don't go to church. And I have my own higher power. And when I go out in nature, though, I can really feel the presence mm-hmm. of, of, that, of, like, of that, that love that is unconditional. Yeah. That's right. And a lot of abuse victims, okay, they don't understand. There's a lot of different kinds of love. Right. And they don't understand what they're missing mm-hmm. and how love is an anchor. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they've had love. Okay, is it sexual? Sure. Is it I love you? Just said to them, is that what it... So love is not discussed very much, having a higher power. (laughs) Huh? I said hearing somebody say I love you doesn't necessarily make me feel loved. That is correct. That's correct. Because it has to be backed up by... It does not make me feel loved. It has to be backed up... Yeah, go ahead. It has to be backed up by the right uh, actions. Yeah, the right okay. okay. Now, what happens is in healing, people don't know at first that uh, mm-hmm. that they have that the love anchor was never attached or destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, and they are feeling the effects of the we'll call it the storms of life from right. other people. And they don't realize, you know, uh, they hurt, they're in pain. But yet at the deep level, they know somebody didn't do something. My Mm. father was supposed to protect me and he hurt me. My mother's supposed to love me, but she, that's all they know. And it takes us uh, through the um, ACEs, which we started with. 
They're finding out how powerful childhood experiences can mm-hmm. affect a child mm-hmm. that then, if it's not resolved, mm-hmm. they grow up with attitudes, personality mm-hmm. issues, relationship issues, eating disorders, mm-hmm. you know, sexual problems, parenting problems. And the ACEs shows us it all relates back to childhood. Well, I think the and whole the thing, too, is that they're, ask, they're asking questions now, just like when um, uh, um, people would go in, you know, like they were um, had accidents, say, they came in and said they had an accident, whatever, and, and usually the abuser is the one that brought them in, and they'd ask in front of the abuser, how did you get hurt, you know? And now when you mm-hmm. go in the hospital, they'll take you privately in a room and say, are you mm-hmm. safe? They never used to ask that before. So I yes, mean, take I'm education. Thinking, you know. Well, here's what happens is the medical community can see if you got a gunshot wound, okay? Right. But here's the problem. When you start asking people, are you safe? Did somebody Mm -hmm. hurt you? We're now getting into family. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. We're getting into gangs. Mm -hmm. We're getting into the community, into religion. And people are afraid if they speak up, they'll Mm -hmm. hurt their family or themselves. Right. Do you have a policeman living with you most of the time? No. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they don't want to go there. Even mm-hmm. in pilot, they don't, we got a gun problem. No, a gun can sit on a table and never, it's a people problem. Yeah. And That's the right. people problem comes from childhood. But now we got to get into parenting, childhood development, movies, video games, music. Some of the rapping music is horrible. Oh, I know. Okay. And the, mm. the politicians and the culture don't want to go there, Mm-mm. okay? Because you go, you're going into people's personal beliefs, mm-hmm. going into money. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Well, like, the belief what happens behind closed doors and marriages or families that nobody's yep. going to get And they don't money. want to, because you're going to find out some issues and nobody wants to talk about them. But mm-hmm. all you can do is, as a NASCA advocate, mm-hmm. take yourself about this. What is, there's enough books about uh, bad marriages, mm-hmm. hate, jealousy, loving a parent, a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. But most people are not, that. we don't get taught that in, as kids. High school, we had something about the sex act, the sperm and the egg, but they don't talk about it emotionally. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about the girls' needs. I didn't get anything about my period. The boys. Oh, I didn't okay. either. Okay. No. So all of that is just covered over, hidden away, and we don't want to go there into the families. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, you're going to get into culture. You're going to get yeah. into religion. You're going mm-hmm. to get into parenting styles. You're going to get into verbal stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to tell that person that is not the way to raise a child. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And the government who wants, they won't go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all they can do is it's a crime. Yes, it is a crime. Okay, all right. So in healing, mm-hmm. when you're a NASCA advocate or a person mm-hmm. trying to help to understand politics, education to child development, sexual stuff, the body, the brain, cortisol, adrenaline, the nerves of the body, the vargas nerve. You have to understand unconditional love. What's the role of a mother, a father? What is a normal, loving family supposed to be? But there are uneducated people that that love their children and nurture them. Education doesn't have everything to do Okay, not that kind of education. You can be an educated parent and you know what a role, the mother's role is. Right. And you know what the father's role is. Yes. In that child's life, what you're developing, what you're mm-hmm. building. Because that child's going to go out into the world and take all of that with them. That's right. Okay. And typically how it works is a girl falls in love with her father. He's the first male. And she looks up to him, and she goes and tries to find a man who's like her father, if he's good or bad. The boy says, I'm looking for mama. Okay? So, and when that's distorted, okay, and it's not done properly, okay, the child learns improper thoughts wrong things and if it's distorted or if the sexual hormones and all that get turned on before time you know and um you know things start happening before there's there's any emotional understanding and there's no anchor to hold you we got a mess and a lot of people can't understand why would a, a father do that to a daughter mm-hmm. Why doesn't mother do something? Yeah. Why does a mother mothers do it to their sons? Well, mothers do it to their daughters too. <laughs> My mother abused me. <laughs> and they go, why would they do that? Don't they love that child? They don't see that, child, but their love no. is distorted. Yeah. This exactly. is what they do. They are carrying on the family tradition, or sort of. Mm. Is there evil in them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Has their thoughts? Do they have multiple personalities? Yes. Do they have their own issues? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's so much about our parents we don't know. And yeah. so now here you are as a NASCA advocate. Your job is to help people get into healing, get into therapy, find mm-hmm. a spirit, you know, get into off of drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. and start walking the walk. Yeah. And and, you know, I when I do ministry with people, I said, when was the last time you were in therapy? Oh, it's been 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. They don't want to be healed. And mm-hmm. like, there's some people that like to stay victims. Mm-hmm. And that's that's their identity now. Well, it's a comfortable and that's place. All they, and a lot of people don't know there's any, they uh, don't anything like it. They don't, Well, they yeah. don't like it. Yeah. But that's all they got now. They get yeah. sympathy, psychological rewards. Yeah. They get attention. 
if they feel mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm a part of the, um, this victimhood stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they became healed, mm-hmm. they wouldn't they wouldn't have a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they wouldn't know who they are. Right. And they well, wouldn't. When I first, um, I first start working with somebody that I'm sponsoring. You know, they'll they'll go on and on about all the you know hardships and everything else, and they say, you know, what I want you to do is start a gratitude list. I'm like gratitude, I got nothing to be grateful for. And I said, well, yeah. you put three things down a day, and I said, and I will even give you the first day. You will? I said, sure, I'll give it to you as a gift. I want you to write these three things down: food, shelter, and clothing. Because because there's people, people that don't even have that, you know. And then I yeah, said, and, and sometimes you got to purposely look for things to be grateful for, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, tomorrow, why don't you purposely look the whole day to find three things to be grateful for, and then let me know. Mm-hmm. Well, see, what that starts doing is it gets them out of the poor woe is me. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. It's mm-hmm. familiar. I, they know the rules of it. They they know there's other people in it. And if they mm-hmm. got out, it's like, I don't know how to live in that world of gratitude mm-hmm. and love. And I don't know yeah. what's normal. And I might get hurt again. So I'll stay down here in the pit with everybody yeah. and just be miserable. They don't know there's answers out no. there. They don't have. I was hopeless when I got mm-hmm. into AA. I was hopeless. I was a hopeless yes, alcoholic. I even told my sponsor. I'm one of those alcoholics who can't be helped. She says, what kind of alcoholic is that? And so I told her for 33 years until she passed away what kind of alcoholic that that was. Because you couldn't hear. You couldn't hear. That's God saying to you, I got hope for you. Okay. Yeah. But in your state, you couldn't hear it. But there was something deeper that reached to you and you kept going. So our job in NASCO, our job in NASCO is to provide that kind of hope and love for those people and not let them sit down there. And if you have to reach, and that, what that uh, person in AA did, they reached down with their hand and held you, sort of speaking, until you could go, until you could Mm -hmm. be healed. It yeah. set an anchor, and that's uh-huh. the thing in therapy. Uh-huh. It's sort of, it's. I can see my therapist every week, but it's not the same. No. It's not the no. same type of powerful love that no matter what, I'll be there. And so yeah. this anchor that got broken never, or maybe never got planted was to yeah. come from the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and anchor the child mm-hmm. in the mind while mm-hmm. it's developing its neurons and everything's developing in mm-hmm. love. And yeah. what does that mean? I can trust you. I mm-hmm. can be comforted by you. You'll protect yeah. me. I'll be safe. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'll learn. I will learn gratitude. I will learn yeah. thankfulness. I will mm-hmm. learn. See, there's certain things, and when the learning is going on, like yeah, uh, the ba- the baby's wet, you change the diaper. Mm-hmm. They are learning that love cares. Yeah, I'm yeah. uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the wet diaper. Yeah, somebody comes along that's bigger, mm-hmm. gently and lovingly in my eyes. 
mm-hmm. makes me comfortable by changing. And it mm-hmm. takes, you know, years for the child, mm-hmm. the baby, to yeah. put all this together. But we mm-hmm. are, it's sort of like when a baby is there, they're listening to us, you know. Mm-hmm. They're learning. They're watching our yeah. eyes. They're trying yeah. to talk sometimes. Well, they know but what's it, going on in the environment. De- it, mm-hmm. It's not developed yet where they can express it, except right. maybe with a funny smile. But yeah. they're learning from us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what we learn as a child, even at six months old, yeah. if we learn loud voices, loud music, mm-hmm. loud TV, yelling, screaming, if there's a, yeah. they'll tell you when a baby's in mm-hmm. the womb, if mm-hmm. you jerk or something like somebody's going to hit you, mm-hmm. they can feel it. Yeah. Their yeah. ears can hear the yelling and screaming. Okay? That's great. So That's learning right. is going on. Development mm-hmm. is happening. Yeah. And, they, and, and what happens is they come out of the womb, some of them mm-hmm. already damaged. Yeah. In childhood, the neurons, the normal growth, it doesn't happen. Things get stunted. Uh, seeds of belief or uh, Mm. anger or hate is already planted. It may not be fully grown yet, but it's planted. And so people don't understand. That's what this ACES, it just tells you that a childhood experience, and they list the, they just have the ten. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Can be very well, you know, I also traumatic. wanted to say, too, that when, when I was in uh, AA, so we were going to meetings all the time, my sponsor was um, paralyzed from the waist down, so she couldn't, you know, she didn't drive or anything, so I'd go pick her up and take her to meetings. And so we were going to go to the meeting. She goes, we're not going to the meetings tonight. I'm like, oh, really? And I had six months over, right? And I go, oh, we're not going to the meeting, you know, kind of in a happy, you know, I get a night off or oh. something. She goes, yeah, we're going over to the treatment center and we're going to speak. And I said, I can't speak. I can't, you know, I don't have anything to tell anybody. And she said, you've got six months sober, right? And I go, yeah. She goes, well, they have Uh less than 30 days. You've done something that got you Uh six months. So that's what you're going to tell them. And that Uh was the first time, and that was 36 years ago, that I realized that me, Maybe I got something to offer, you know. That's and, what NASA and I get focus on what what kept me sober, you know. And I just I told them what kept me sober, and you know, I had people come up to me afterwards and tell me how much they appreciated what I said, and it just blew me away. It blew me away. Well, the reason is uh, is people are believe it or not, they are searching for what you found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't know this higher yeah. power. They have no relationship with it. They've not right. experienced this unconditional mm-hmm. love from somebody else that doesn't want something from them or hurting mm-hmm. them. But yeah. the human heart, we'll call it that, mm-hmm. the mind, the yeah. spirit is looking mm-hmm. for it Yeah, in all the wrong places with all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if it's right there like you, you can't believe mm-hmm. that they you're too bad, you're too evil, you're too wicked, yeah. you're too why would they love me? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you can't believe that this pureness of love would be there. Yeah. And sometimes it takes That's time. what then all of us with people don't understand that. 
But if you are a helping person and you got that connection to God (laughs) and you understand that that heart and that spirit's looking for God, not you, his love, okay? And sometimes they're frightened of love that way because love has hurt them so much. And you'll hear that. I'm not going to get that, okay? So NASCA has to be able to show people hope. Yeah, it may take a while. You may go on many different roads, Mm -hmm. but you need to be on the journey. Yeah. And you don't need to stop and not be in therapy or in groups or in Mm -hmm. AA or whatever. You need to keep at it and keep going because there is life, as you found out, Uh a different kind of life. Yeah, a life I could have never imagined. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what... That's where NASCA has to just keep with all the guests and all the things keep saying. There is freedom from the pain. Mm-hmm. You won't have, now, um, there's freedom from the loss of love and hope and stuff and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it takes a while to get there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we have to keep encouraging people to keep going. Okay, yeah. you've been out of therapy. Maybe that therapist wasn't a good one. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe that way didn't work out. Well, don't give right. up. You're still alive. you got a purpose. Like I told these guys in Walmart today, they were so funny. They were from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I said, do you know why you got big muscles? Uh-uh. You're to protect innocent people. You're to watch mm-hmm. over those females who gave you birth and pushed you out. And you're to mm-hmm. do fight injustice. Mm-hmm. That is why you have those. A lot mm-hmm. of guys who go to the gym and build them out and don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. They needed a yeah. purpose given to them. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, that's why why you're mm-hmm. tall and big and got muscles. Okay? Well, my brother and found out what my biological father did, and he wanted to kill him. And yeah. I said, you and know what? A, what is that going to do? I said, I said, what he did to me, he already hurt me. I said, and I don't want you to have to go to jail for what you might do to him. I said, because either way, I'm, it's still going to be what he did to me, you know. And I that's said, the and first I'm okay, going to feel even worse if you go out but, and hurt him. Okay, listen, that's usually the abused person's first result. Mm. But the best result, the best response is, Yes, he did something wrong, but he yeah. probably didn't know it was wrong. Yeah. He was a hurt, yeah. broken person yeah. himself. But I didn't and want my needs... brother to be in, sitting in jail for, yeah, you know, right. for trying to, quote, protect me or bring justice or whatever. I said, there is no justice for what was done. I yes, said, and, and I want you to be my brother and I don't want you to be in jail. You know, a lot of times you got to be able to say, okay, is you have to be able to look as an advocate for NASCA at the perpetrators and go, they don't know what they're doing. That was told on the no. cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know yep. what they're doing. No. They're screwed up, messed up, on their way to hell. They mm-hmm. are doing bad things to mm-hmm. human beings, okay. And they don't know. And, okay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, the thing that we have to do as, say, victims, 
is forgive. Find that love of the higher power. Then help other people on the road and say, I, I, I like believe you. he went to hell. I believe he went to an enlightened place where where he got the love and caring and whatever he needed. That's and that, okay. that he, and, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. But that's just my belief, you know. Okay. Well, here um, in that. I, I believe that he, you know, like all of us make mistakes in our life and do bad things. Everybody does. And I really believe that after we pass through this world, we are going to a place where we will have a clear picture of what our life was about and no. that there is at the end of the tunnel. That That's my belief. What that means is when people die. Everybody. Okay. And what you have to do, we only got about four minutes. Yeah. NASCA has to be on the road all the time. Say, come with me. Come and follow us. We're leading the way to healing. We've got, right. we've gone on many trails and many different paths, but get on the road to healing. Don't stay in that muck. Don't stay mm. in that stuff. Bad things happened. It's bad stuff mm. happens to all of us. The ACEs test shows us that. Get on the yeah. road to healing. And I right. will be quiet now and finish because it's eight twenty-seven. You got three oh, my minutes. Goodness. Okay, well, we're going to play the music because I don't have the computer to play the music on. Um, So I guess I'll just say, well, thank you, everybody. And um, I hope that people get to listen to this afterwards because all our shows are archived. And uh, Uh we've got thousands of shows. And I also want to say that I looked up the um, uh, Child Abuse uh, podcast, and it had the top 30 podcasts. And NASCA was number one. And I just, oh, wow. I just want to put that out there because that made me feel really good about being part of this organization. And uh, we have found so many people that, that have found us. Um, and in my opinion, um, you know, 12-step programs and peer support and that sort of stuff has helped me more than any doctor, therapist, minister, whatever has because um, they've been there. and. I know that they care about me because I can call them on the phone. My number is Victoria Kelly, and I'm on the website. Um, we have three t- three times a week we have the peer support group. Find that on the NASCO website. They, I've also been giving the information to parents that want to protect their children because there's information on the website for that too. And uh, I, I try to go out of my way if I see a parent or somebody that is responsible for a child you know, being kind to a child to say to them, I really appreciate that you're being, you know, um, so kind to that child, you know. So, and then I also want to say, you know, um, like even when I was homeless and stuff and down down and out, and, you know, somebody, all you got to do sometimes is just smile at somebody. You can change your whole day. Um, there's so many ways that we could help other people that, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to give a million dollars and then, you know, help all these people. You can help people every single day by an act of kindness, which costs you nothing, absolutely nothing. And to be, like I said, gratitude is so important. And knowing that you are worthwhile and that you're doing the best that you can every day. And that's all you can expect of yourself. But just keep moving forward and know that there is hope and, uh, and healing and that um, God bless, you know, adult survivors of child abuse 
And uh, God bless all the children of the world, no matter what. There's no throwaway children. Every child needs to be loved, cared for, and nurtured. And that's my hope for every child of the world, that they can feel some sort of love from somebody, that they know that they're important. 